listen, it's not the answer credit show if we actually answer your questions, okay? <laughs> Hello, and welcome back to Insert Credit, the only show on the internet in which we weekly deliver the loudest news, reviews, tips, and tricks fresh dripped hot from the bottom of video games themselves. In each of our ten wild segments, we have six minutes to puncture your eardrums with the sick truth. If we can't reach a conclusive consensus within the time limit, listeners and participants alike suffer the buzzer. And now, your host, Alex Jaffe. Jaffe. Bombay Frankie. Bombay Frankie Roadie Roll. This is Insert Credit. I'm your host, Alex Jaffe, and if I had to name a boat after a video game, I would call it the Galaxian. Oh! My name is Frank Cifaldi, and if I had to name a boat after a video game, I'd go Buck Bumble. (laughs) It's pretty good. My name is Tim Rogers, and if I had to name a video game after a boat, I'd... (laughs) I'd call it the USS the Indianapolis. That's not true. I, if I had to name a boat after a video game, I'd call it a. Uh, Woo! There's too many good ones. Blackthorn? No. That's good. Codename Viper? <laughs> oh, man. There's just Rolling Thunder? <laughs> That's it. That's it. Rolling Thunder. Quentin Tarantino's movie production company that, that released uh, Chunking Express in U.S. Okay. theaters? Named after the Namco game, of course. Uh, So I'm Brandon Sheffield, and I was thinking about what I might name my boat here. Uh, My first thought was Bullet Witch, but uh, I think I'm going to have to go with Big Bumpin'. (laughs) Big Bumpin'. Big Bumpin' and Buck Bumble can get in a race. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. Clearly, I'm looking at the B section of my 360 collection over here, but uh, yeah. that's It's at eye level. Did you, did you start on the A's while Frank was doing his, and then... No, I, start, I started from uh, K and went in reverse order, <laughs> and then I, and I hit B, and I was like, oh, big bumping. So that's, that's all three of us. When are we going to have some guests on this show? It's a good uh, question. Does our, does our podcasting software allow that, or what? No, it Uh-oh. doesn't. Well, we're going to have to talk about that at some I've point. I've got people asking to be on the show. Big people. Cool people. Bumping people? Yeah, bumping people. They want to be on the show. People. And I, I keep telling them, uh, uh, maybe soon. So We'll figure that out. Yeah, we'll yeah. figure that out. We'll get but on for there. now, I've got a bunch of questions. Uh, one of them is Tim's, though, because he won last week's episode. Tim, do you want to ask your question at the top or wait on it? Oh, I want to wait on it. Because okay. I got a good one. All right, we'll wait on it. Okay. I have a question for you in the meantime. If each of you could choose one game from the NES or SNES to immediately add to the Nintendo Switch online library, which would it be? I am dropping a link to the library right here. Oh, oh my answer is who cares? <laughs> oh, no. Here you go. <laughs> oh! Yeah. Uh... Yeah, we've bought these games many times. We, bought, yeah, I bought them all. Yeah, but these I guess, are not games you even own. 
That, that's that. That's how I access them. I purchase right. them. Yeah, I can right. find. I can find a reason to care, which is to like take get a game that might be interesting for for people that would otherwise not interact with it to play it. Um, yeah, get them for noobs, man. Yeah, right. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. So like, I don't know. First game that came to mind to me is Run Saber, but it, nobody needs to play it really. I just like it. On oh, the they Super got Vice Nintendo. Project Doom on there on the yeah, NES. Yeah, they do. They already oh, got that on one. there. That's surprising. So okay, I'm just gonna go ahead and pick one. Vice Project Doom is one of my favorite uh, NES games. I recall the first time I said Vice Project Doom is one of my favorite NES games. I, I recall that not being a super popular thing to say. I have a list of my favorite NES games, if anybody would ever like to hear it someday. I think I bought uh, most of them myself when I oh, was... Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. didn't I, like, email them to you mm-hmm. at one point? And then I went and I, I got a bunch of them. Uh, I like that Low G, man. Maybe that could be a special episode. Yeah, well, you'd like... Uh, uh, I mean, because Low G, man, it's like a Naxat. Uh, there's a lot of Naxat, t- uh, Taxan, kid games. Yeah, that's stuff the like stuff the- I like. You, did you get the G.I. Joes that they did? I didn't buy those because uh, they were expensive. Um, uh, so, yeah, I don't have those. And then I decided I could just have a flash cart. Well, if, if the people demand it, I will, uh, I will prepare a little uh, a speech about my uh, uh, listing my favorite NES games. I'll, I'll try to do something with it at some point in the future. But I was just scanning for a couple of them. Another one of my favorite NES games is Demon Sword. Uh, Not bad. You- Demon Sword, and then uh, there's another one called Kickmaster. I was about to say Kickmaster. It just kind of fits with Demon Sword somehow. Yeah, well, it, they're both Taito. Oh, that's uh, why. So they're both Taito, and they have a lot of uh, a lot of design overlap. There's a lot of like a a sort of a, an ethereal uh, Zeldality to them, right? Where yeah. there's like there's like sort of a Zelda thing. So when I when I saw Vice Project Doom, I thought Codename Viper, which is uh, another game that has a similar name and uh, is also an NES game. And then from Codename Viper, which I had referenced at the top of the show, which is the reason I probably looked for Vice Project Doom, because even as a quote-unquote intelligent person, I occasionally will say one of those games when I mean the other. I then immediately saw Vice Project Doom, I thought of Glow G-Man and Shatterhand, and then I went to Demon Sword and Kickmaster and Wrath of Black Manta. And by then, I'd just done three Taito games in a row in my head. And I thought, I'm always telling people to play Lufia 2 Rise of the Sinistrals for the Super Nintendo Entertainment System, developed by Taito, published by Natsume originally, now sort of probably owned by Square Enix. Uh, Sort that stuff out and put Lufia 2 Rise of the Sinistrals on the Nintendo Switch online, because I know so many people who have the Nintendo Switch online stuff, and they all have it. But you know what the only game I've ever heard more than three people I know say they played on the Nintendo Switch Online? Breath of Fire 2. I've heard so many people say, I've played Breath of Fire 2. Oh, I played Breath of Fire 2. I played five hours of it or whatever. So it feels like if they were to put a couple more RPGs on there, and they're never going to put the Final Fantasies on there because they're too iron-fisted about those. Well, they, but- I don't think uh, Square Enix will allow the original versions out anymore is kind of my perspective. Yeah, which is just completely ridiculous because yeah. uh, they're the best versions of those games that's the george lucas of the video yeah, games yeah. Right there. Uh, george yeah. lucas video games of square enix there so if go. so if uh if final fantasy and dragon quest are too sacred uh well first of all just sell them to us elseways uh if they're too sacred but breath of fire is not i say lufia 2 rise of the sinistrals a prequel to lufia 1 fortress of doom i say put that one out on the nintendo switch online service because then 
I could tell everyone in the world to play it, and then I feel like a lot of people would. The end. So, I got an answer. answer. I got an answer, an interesting one. Oh, let's let's hear it. So there were some documents leaked to the internet maybe a year and a half ago that included, among other things, the complete lot check databases from Nintendo. Uh-huh. Which means that we know every game for the NES and the Super NES and other stuff, too, that passed certification that was ready to manufacture. And there's quite a few games that that passed that were ready that never came out that no one's ever seen before. And I suspect that companies don't even know about these weird old games that they made and got approved, but then went, ah, can't afford to manufacture. So I went through that database with my microphone muted, and my pick is something for the NES that no one's ever seen from Capcom, who does release <laughs> games on the service. It's just called Play Isle, as in I-S-L-E. No idea what that is. No one knows what that is, but it's Play a Capcom Isle. game. Yeah, Play Isle. I'd check it out. Capcom game that was completed when Capcom was awesome in the NES days. I'll play Play Isle. And we don't know what it is, so just put that out. I don't know. And in fact, I'm bringing this up again because I'm convinced that they've got these ROMs at Nintendo, and I'm convinced that if you're someone who owns this stuff, all you got to do is request them, and they'll say, yeah, sure, we have that. Uh, so let's get in there, boys. Brandon, got a, you got one? I got a friend at Nintendo. Maybe I should get him on this. Nintendo. Yeah. Hook, hook, hook us up. I have a Here's friend at Nintendo, too. question. Shigeru Miyamoto. Is that the question? Current events. TBS recently announced a new reality show based on The Sims. Which other non-competitive games could make hot reality television? Uh-oh. Whoa. The Sims reality show, huh? Yeah. Do people yeah. control them, or is it just, like, it's Big They're Brother? They're just playing The Sims. They're really? just playing The Sims? Yeah, and they, like, make up challenges for them. Like okay. Playing the video games for a living? Interior design stuff. <laughs> So, are, so we're saying we're we're basically saying what what video game would be good to to play live and no, he's saying what would make a good reality show concept. We can make the rules, all right? Right. For what, Remember yeah. that reality show as a genre began with a nebulous variety of things uh, stretching all the way back to uh, Takashi's Challenge uh, in Japan, which was more of a game show, which eventually did have a video game. So, mm-hmm. or Takashi's Castle, or whatever it's called. So, I mean, th- that's considered like a proto-reality show. So, rea- American Gladiators is a reality show. Yes. So, okay. So, I mean, you know, there's a lot you can do with the, the genre of reality TV. doesn't need to be about people living in a house and making fun of each other's toenail polish or whatever. What's, what's my budget? Um, <laughs> your budget is... A few million dollars. It's not okay. a billion dollars. All right. So I can't do I can't do Rocket League. No. But you can do like radio controlled Rocket League, probably. Yeah, it could actually, be a, RC car Rocket League. It could be like people build build their own cars and and compete. Maybe that would be okay. Yeah. I'd watch it probably. But well, I said it had to be a non competitive video game. Oh mm. yes, you did. I mean, my first thought was Animal Crossing, but I don't know what that would be other than. Like people make, I guess it could be a like a fashion design and archi- not architecture. Um, what do you call it? Interior design. I mean, Animal Crossing is staring you right in the face. You got uh, Gary Witta doing his Twitch streams where he Certainly. interviews celebrities. Like, what if it was Animal Crossing? The host visits a new person's island every week, and yeah. uh, like I don't know, something dumb like that. Oh, that's good. That's ha- a good pandemic show. Easy to do. Has arbitrary yeah. criteria where it's I mean, like. 
this week we're going to see how many trees this person has and judge them for it. And they don't know what that we're looking for this or something. I don't know. Right. Yeah. Just that could be an extra segment of Gary Witta's talk show where he gets famous people to twirl around on Animal Crossing. It's pretty amazing that he got a bunch of people that I would not expect to have Animal Crossing on there. I think he just has them talk. Well, no, they, they actually yeah. have their avatars in there. No, these avatars... are people who play Animal Crossing. They show off their towns and stuff. Yeah, yeah, I guess they do. A lot of people play that game. A lot of people play Animal Crossing. It's a good game. So I, I think you're saying non-competitive games, but uh, I think you could do a TV show about Super Mario Maker, even though a lot of the people who play that are, uh, for example, our, our good friend Grant Fubert. When are we ever going to get Grant Fubert to be a guest on this show? That's a good like question. That. That's a good question. Uh, guys like him, you know, they're the most technically talented game players that I know, uh, that I can think of off the top of my head, but I feel like there's a whole lot of fun to be had in just like presenting them a level every week and just watching them play it. It's competitive, but it's competitive in a sort of well, a vacuum. Well, okay, the, I don't think Jaffe said that the reality show can't be competitive. He said that the video game itself can't exactly. be competitive, and I don't feel it, that right. Super Mario Maker is a competitive game, so I think you're uh, you're in the clear. I think... Super Mario Maker yeah. is a is a content gold mine. No, it's a platinum mine of content. I think there's so much content in that game that you could extract uh, easily an Animal Crossing's worth. They need to update Mario Maker to just let you build hangout zones with no timer. So let me build a town. I don't know. And the host of that game show would be a guy named Animal Crossing's worth. Animal Crossing's worth. How about exactly. The Incredible Machine as a reality show? Oh, that's good. Like, you have to build Rube Goldberg's stuff in order to uh, achieve a goal, and they give you all the props. You just can't cred that machine. <laughs> What's that pinball maker that, um... Yeah, the really old one uh, from EA, right? Um, yes. Pinball construction set. Yes. Uh, I, would, I would love to have... Well, this would be a little ridiculous, but have a... Uh, game maker like regular video game makers make a pinball set in that pinball construction set and then have like that tanio guy who works on physical pinball games then have to create it in real life and then you go through that like both processes oh that sounds very expensive eh <laughs> i got a few million bucks oh that's yeah true. That's true. I don't know what it costs to prototype a pinball machine. I don't care. They don't have to pay no voice actors or anything, probably. No, it's just you just get uh, Tanio and um, Jerry Ellsworth. and uh, Mosey Ball! They could do that themselves. Yeah, exactly. If you could get anybody to voice your pinball machine, who would it be? Uh, Duke Nukem. Not the voice actor of Duke Nukem, the real guy. <laughs> the actual Duke Nukem. <laughs> <laughs> I, w I would get uh, Ed Boon of Mortal Kombat uh, fame to reprise his role as the dummy from Funhouse. Okay. Oh, very good. Yeah. Brandon, do you have one before the buzzer? No. Okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> Question three. Well, I was, I was thinking about how Bobby Kotick is in uh, Moneyball. Did you all know that? Yes. Yeah, he's in there. Ridiculous. Uh, so that was the first thing that came to mind, but I was like, I don't want that guy in my video game. <laughs> so uh, that's what happened. Okay. Question number three. Uh-huh. What elements of the real world embody the Sega aesthetic? You mean the uh the <laughs> world in which people uh stop 
getting oh man i can't i can't do my joke because i can't remember what the tagline for the they MTV start the getting real, real. yeah but, yeah they start getting real but what do they stop doing they stop, uh, stop. what was it it's it's literally the real world is a, it, they were not allowed to have video games so it was they stop playing around and start getting real that's mm. not true that's not what it was <laughs> yeah what elements of the world in which we live embody the sega aesthetic Listen, it's not the answer credit show if we actually answer your questions, okay? <laughs> Elements of the real world. Uh, the blue sky. Blue sky. Blue sky, oh, yeah. Ferraris. Um, Ferrari. Hedgehogs. Hedgehogs. Yeah. Hedgehogs. I would say dogs. Not cats. Dogs. All yeah, kinds? Dude. Lots of dogs. Not happy all Happy dogs, them. I think. Happy dogs. Heavy yeah, dogs? happy dogs. Heavy and happy. Yeah. Bridges. Beaches. Uh, any any yeah. person who's ever run up a hill, starting from the bottom at a standing position, <laughs> and not been able to get to the top of it. Yeah. Any one of those experience. Um, drifting. <laughs> oh mm-hmm. yeah, Fast drifting and the Furious more. movies. The Fast and the Furious movies are Sega movies. Yeah. Those Marvel movies are Nintendo. Fast and the Furious is Sega. Hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Sure. They're the okay. Genesis. The Marvel movies are the Super Nintendo. Drowning because you couldn't get to an air bubble in time. What? Oh, yeah, getting to an air bubble? Yeah. Scuba diving? Yeah, drowning is very Sega. It is. <laughs> Man, there's, <laughs> there's so much stuff. Um, drowning oh, yeah. is Sega, falling is Nintendo. Cool sneakers. That's Sega. Because mm. like every, every Sega character has, has some sneaks going on. Mm-hmm. I just All I keep thinking of is just the outdoors is Sega. Like, it's not just blue skies, it's just, there's plants, there's, like, leaves to jump on Yeah, but, and stuff. but not, like, a redwood forest. That's not really very no, Sega. No, not redwood, no. So it's gotta be, like, it's gotta be, like, a, I mean, like, palm trees are Sega, clearly. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, that's the For most sure. Sega tree, is the palm tree. Yeah, actually, the just the beach where there's palm trees, that's, so, like, Hawaii. And a hotel, is, a hotel facing the beach. So Hawaii is what we're talking about. Nothing like a hotel. Yeah, the closer you are to the coast, the more Sega you are. I think yeah. Brandon's right. I think it's Hawaii. Hawaii, Hawaii. Is Sega. Yeah. Hawaii's got a lot of Sega. I played some Sega games in Hawaii. Also, Hawaii has in a, like really big American and Japanese culture clashes. And mm-hmm. that's pretty Sega right there. Mm-hmm. They got those macadamia nuts. Macadamia nuts. God, I love Sega. those Mac nuts. Oh, man. You ever get the chocolate-covered ones, dude? Oh, man. Every time someone goes to Hawaii... And you work in an office with them. There's a box of them things right yep. when they come back in the office. Anytime you go, you work uh, in an office, and somebody goes to Taiwan, they come back with those pineapple cakes, dude. Oh yeah, I love pine cakes. Hey, you ever uh, had those pineapple cakes? Oh, of course. Yeah, me too. Actually, those are pretty I got, Sega. I got a real good. So my girlfriend's parents, they went to China and they got like, quote unquote, the good ones. Oh, the good ones, the Jata ones. And I don't tell mean you to what, speak the brand out loud. What they were really good. <laughs> I was surprised. Did they get them from China or Taiwan? You said China. China? It oh, was, okay, sorry. It was China. So they weren't they weren't Taiwanese ones. Oh, um, okay. The good Chinese ones. The good Chinese ones, which I had not had before, and they were they were very good. But I'm I just gonna say, I think the good Taiwanese ones are probably better. That's well, just agree. me shouting out my friends in Taiwan. That's well, all. also you know Taiwan clean air surrounded by water they they got a kind of a better environment for taiwan is, is pretty god darn sega i went surfing in taiwan there's uh there's palm trees in taiwan 
Taiwan's Bel- pretty Sega. A little too hot to be Bel- Sega. Yeah, oh my god, it's so hot. I feel which like parts, Sega games are hot, though. I feel which like parts Ranger- of Japan are Sega, and which parts of Japan are Nintendo? I feel like Osaka's pretty Sega. Kamurocho? <laughs> oh, yeah, Kabuki-cho, uh, the real-world Kamurocho. Yeah, um, is, uh, Yokohama- Osaka is definitely Sega. Yokohama. Uh, Yokohama's very Sega, but For also sure. Sega is in Yokohama. So that's like where their office is. They're, they're in uh, Shinagawa now. Are they? Yeah. What do I know? God darn it. They mo- They got a new building and moved into it like a year plus ago. I and then, to go and there. then they made yeah, the new... Yeah, but is a year plus ago Sega really still Sega? <laughs> yes, actually. I would say that a year that the, the Sega of the last five years is way more Sega than the Sega of the 10 years prior to that. Can Agreed. I just say something yeah. controversial right now? Sure. Sega, I, I, I do declare, Sega is back. Yeah, I would say they're back. <laughs> I think with Sonic Mania and with, uh, with the Yakuza series uh, exploding uh, worldwide and becoming a natural, uh, a, a genuine thing that people seem to actually like, and I feel like this next one is going to be even bigger, which takes place in Yokohama, by the way, which is... Yeah. Uh, Interesting that Sega doesn't have an office in Yokohama, but uh, now uh, maybe they did when they started making it. I feel like Sega's back. Yeah. We just need a Sonic Mania 2. I feel like... Where's Sonic Mania 2? The very beginning of Sega being back was Valkyria Chronicles. Oh, yeah. Sega was not ready to be back at that time, but that game was like, oh, maybe Sega's back. And then when they did the rest of it, it was like, okay, yeah, they are back. Yeah, I remember when uh, Valkyria Chronicles came out, and I like posted on Twitter, like a picture that like buys an Aika from uh, Skies of Arcadia in there. I'm getting some breaking news. Sega is back. Sega <laughs> is back. All right. Question four: What are the best games to play when you've broken both of your thumbs? Wow. Oh yeah. Um, rhythm games are good because you you should really be tapping with your with your um, finger pads. Sure. On those. So, uh, not Rhythm Tenkoku for the Game Boy Advance, though. No, not that. I'm no. thinking like DJ Max or something. Oh yeah, that one. Where you gotta hit basically directional buttons and all and all the face buttons. I'm thinking triangle, square. You gotta be careful not to whack your thumb on the machine, though. Um, have I broken my thumbs all the way off? Not all the way off. Okay. They're in splints. All right. They're pretty protected. Then. I think okay. it's still. I think it's still okay. I could probably wedge him wedge the controller under my thumbs. Somehow. I'm just worried about your safety. <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, as someone that. currently experiencing uh, just earth shattering wrist pain, no matter what I do, I realize that uh, you don't have to necessarily be pressing something up against the injured part of your hand for it to hurt it. So I feel like I just would give up video games. So <laughs> I assume that we're we're going to just kind of ignore smartphones because the because all smartphone games are just fine played with your index finger. I mean, or you can get you can get a goddamn Microsoft a Xbox adaptive controller and play That's however true. you goddamn want and uh play just however you want. So, I'm assuming you're saying uh by by saying your thumbs are both broken, Jaffe you are you are you are like delivering that to to like me as news that like it's happened to me and right. uh, they will they will heal yes, and I will they get will them heal. back. I'm not cruel. So I so I need not learn I need I need not learn to uh to deal with this uh for life, which I could right. easily do with something like the Microsoft Xbox adaptive controller. I could easily 
deal with this for my whole life and, and play video games perfectly normally. So you're saying in the intervening period. Sure. Because okay. if you stop playing video games, you'll die. To right. a point where I like wouldn't uh, I wouldn't want to invest in the Microsoft Adaptive Controller if I'm not going to necessarily use it after this, uh, this healing period has, has passed. So uh, let, Let's Tap is a pretty good answer. Oh, man. Oh, God. Good old Yuji Naka. Yeah. You remember can, that guy? Yeah, can you believe... Man, it's too bad we didn't buy that game when we saw it for two bucks at that truck stop. Yeah, that was such a weird thing. Should have just bought it. Does everybody know Let's Tap out there yeah. in the crowd? Anybody in the chat doesn't know it? Where's the chat? I don't know where the <laughs> chat is. Uh, there, Let's Tap was the game where you set your Wiimote on top of a cardboard box that is provided in the, in the game Yeah, it uh, comes case. with a box. It's a folded up cardboard box that you unfold and you, you just tap the box and uh, any input registered on the Wiimote at all. It was Yuji Naka's little joke that the Wiimote was like too sensitive to do anything real with. So he just had it be little tiny taps. Beautiful. And, and they're, they're largely interesting little, little mini games. Did you know? So, Brandon, at the, were you at the TGS where uh, that game was debuted? Uh, I don't remember. Because, okay, so before that, the year, like before that, the year before that game came out, uh, Yuji Naka was walking around TGS, and I went up to him, and I said, Yuji Naka, dude, how you doing? I started speaking Japanese to him. This is like going back to last week, so have you ever made a bad first impression on somebody? I walked up to him. I was wearing like a straw hat that someone at the, the Harvest Moon booth had given me, and I, I, I must have looked like a complete moron. And I'm just like, Yuji Naka, dude, Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh, you know, and he's like, heck yeah, man. And then Yuji Naga just walked around Tokyo Game Show with me for like three hours. And we didn't even talk or anything. We're just like looking at games. And he's like, oh, what do you think of this? And he was just like the chillest dude in the world. Yeah, I had a good experience with that where uh, my first Tokyo Game Show that I went to for Game Developer Magazine, where I kind of had to be like, hey, guys, this is in a month. Uh, I want to go, and I will just report from the show floor. And they're like, I don't know, but I convinced them, and I went. That anyway, rules. I just found Yuji Naka, because I asked Sega PR, I was like, can I interview Yuji Naka? And they're like, no. And so then I found him hanging out by the, the Rub Rabbits booth, or Feel the Magic. Feel the Magic, XY. Well, if you're at Tokyo Game Show, it is. It's not Feel the Magic, right? It's what they call it. Rub Rabbits. Rub Rabbits is a sequel. Um. Yeah. Where do babies come from? I forget. Yeah. Where do babies come from? Give me those babies. I think it was yeah, called. Give, yeah. Give me those babies. I want the babies. Right. Uh, anyway, yeah, I it found was, it him. was babies. Baby Zugahoshi was the name of the game. Oh, nice. No, that's um, not true. That's so a lie. It was not. I <laughs> I found him and I just interviewed him, and you know he was very nice and very congenial about it. I got a good story out of it. And then later Sega was like, how did you get him? What you have to tell me who let you do that? That rules. I was like, uh, nope. Honk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that owns. Yeah. So he's pretty good. Uh, so let's tap. It's probably the answer. Yeah. Only let's is. Tap. I'm going on to my fifth question. Question number five. You guys are having too much fun. So it's time to wheel out the improv zone. Dang oh, it. come on. Yeah. Tim, you're Dr. Eggman Robotnik. Oh, Frank, yeah. you're Dr. Albert Wiley. The two oh, of Dr. you Wowie. are appealing to Brandon Sheffield for grant money. 
Oh, okay. Who's oh, I wanted Sheffield? to be a doctor also. No, you're the grant. You're the loan. Oh, I need that grant money. Can I be <laughs> a, like a, a video game banker? Yeah, you can. Cut that out. Cut that out. I'm uh, I'm I'm Mike Hager of uh, of mayor of, of Detroit. Uh, mayor uh, of what's it called? City. Motor yeah. Motor Boy City. It's called Motor yeah. Boy City. Motor Motor Oil Motor Boy Motor Boy Motor Oil City. Motorboat City. Motorboat City. Okay. So sure. just because this other guy over here is also from Capcom, uh, is also a Capcom representative, you can't favor him. Oh, and I with won't. your grant money, you need to branch out and give me some of that. Give Sega some of that money. Yeah, I don't care. I, I, I don't care about that kind of stuff. I care about running my city. And uh, so I want to know who can give me the best uh, non-evil robots. Yeah, non-evil okay. Non-evil robots we're talking well, about. Well, you know, the, the whole evil thing is, is, is spin. Um, the robots that I've manufactured were actually uh, made to protect cities um and uh and enhance the lives of its citizens and uh-huh. uh, do things like road construction uh-huh. and interesting yeah. well well dr wowie can i talk you can i call you dr wowie uh most people do yes <laughs> okay well dr wowie <laughs> uh what do you say to allegations that uh your robots explode very easily when shot by a buster shot i've heard about that well, buster shots, uh, the last I checked, uh, Mr. Mayor, are not uh, legal in your city, so I think it would be uh, under your jurisdiction to, to, to prevent that from happening. Yeah. Our, uh, you know, we have, we have this rogue guy out here in, um, in Capcomia where <laughs> he, he just keeps doing it. And anyway, let's, let's, let's move beyond that. Uh, Robotnik, what, what, do you, what do you say? I hear that you well, power your robots with tiny woodland creatures. Yeah, that yeah. feels like some... Difficult PR optics to me. Right. It, it, it sounds like uh, terrible robotics to me, but go on. So. All right, you 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 don't have to. You don't. Have to, would you not pitch my own product to to me? I understand my product. Here's what I'm saying. How many goddamn robots does this guy over here make? He needs a goddamn person to put in the robot. He puts a like you. There, there's people Excuse in there. Excuse me. There's no people in my robot. Your robots are people. There's a my person's robots are face. not people. They're purely robots. No, there's a person's face in some of them. I <laughs> no, see there's a blue crystal in them that gives you power. You got a little human face on some of them. I've seen it. That's design. That's I've design. Seen, look, it's it's design. That's what you want to say. That's a human in there. My my robots look like. It's animals. so they look friendly. Your your robots are hiding the fact that you've got creatures inside of them. They got creatures inside them because look, I've been to your city. Motor Boy City. Yeah. God darn, been there. How, how'd you like it? Did you try our... our uh, I'm going to tell our... you what. I, w- I walked into Motor Boy City wearing white shoes. I got on my plane back. My shoes were red. With That's the rude. blood of rats. That's rude. Because your, seat, your, your city streets are disgusting. They are caked with critters. Well, that, uh, you, you know, know I, I actually you know, have a, a a cleaning fleet that would uh, easily take care of the rat blood. Well, no, I guess all, that's fair. We, but, but you know, I've we, got look, look, nanotechnology. I can turn all your stupid rats into cops. You oh. can't see my jerk off motion right now, <laughs> but it see, is happening. I see what you're saying. See, we I'll turn have your this, rats into pigs. The thing is, we have a we have a, a culture here in in Motorboy City. Where we we have to keep our giant fully cooked turkeys inside of trash cans, and that calls the rats. But we're not about to give up our culture because you know there are so many rats. So you're 
your idea of turning the rats into cops is an intriguing one. I they know wouldn't that touch them these turkeys. days people don't like cops that much, but, uh, you know, I'm the mayor of a major city. What am I going to do? My cops would be unrecognizable as such. They oh, would be simply no considered faces. drone-like menaces. Yeah, they're just well, little... I mean, can your robots actually provide the turkeys, though? I've got this oven with eyeballs on it uh, oh, that true. actually will produce one turkey every 67 frames. Look, yeah, this guy over here, he, he makes robots, and then what does he goddamn do with them? He builds them their own sort of cities of danger to enshrine themselves in. Meanwhile, my goddamn robots, they're out there inhabiting a world. Taking dumps all over it, ripping it up. <laughs> They're out there in a world. They don't have to have palaces built in their honor. This guy's going to end up costing you a lot of money down the line. I'm thinking you want to go with the Robotnik brand here. So I'm starting to think about, you know, I like the idea of the robots inhabiting the world and, and helping out in that way. But I am worried about the robot dumps. But it seems to me that Dr. Wowie's robots, he was mm -hmm. talking about cleaning up blood, they could maybe clean up the robot dumps. And so, I'm, Oh, I'm, yeah, back to the cleaning fleet, absolutely. I'm, and, I'm uh, starting to wonder here. My robots, if they dump anything, they dump additional robots or eggs that also lay additional robots that, uh, <laughs> that are delightful birds. Oh, yeah, I've seen that in the designs here. Yeah. Yeah. So, so our dumps actually provide uh, pleasure uh, to your citizens, not uh, pure dumpiness. Interesting, interesting. Uh, Look, well, anybody in your city wants a goddamn pet, all they got to do is go beat up, just punch one of these robots, and they got themselves a creature. Did you know that when we turn a rat into a robot with this technology, uh, it basically washes them for you? It's kind of like giving <laughs> them a bath. They come out real clean. Hmm. Well, you my robots your... can construct a zoo in approximately three and a half hours. Uh, and uh, bring all of your creatures into a place uh, where they are cared for, um, where they are washed daily, uh, and where people can visit them and possibly adopt them. Mike, that's the final who word. Gets, who gets oh, the well. money? Uh, well, I want to split the grant. I want what? I want. Oh, I want, boo! Yeah. Well, okay. No, I'll here. I'll I'll say probably based on the pitch. I'm probably going to have to go with Dr. Wowie on this one. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, sheer, sheer favoritism right here. <laughs> That's Absolute Capcomian favoritism. I'm going to steam away for a second. We'll be right back after a short break. Goodbye. Steam away. Yeah, I'm steaming away. Steam away. Yeah, that's my thing I say. I'm steaming away. Steam away, steam away, steam away. S steam away with me. Hi. I'm Alex Jaffe, the host of Insert Credit. If you'd like to advertise your product with us, uh, why don't you write us a message to show at insertcredit.com? Yeah, we'll consider it if the number is large enough and the product is dumb enough. Keep the uh, barks in, please. Keep those barks right in. If any of y'all work for uh, like Spotify or any of those other podcast owning platforms or distributing platforms, uh, give us a feature somehow. Yeah, why not? We are the only video game podcast.
We now return to Insert Credit. The time has come for our Patreon question. This is the point of the show where we take a question from one of our generous listeners who take the time and wherewithal donate to patreon.com slash insert credit at any level. They get the chance to submit questions to the show and they get their episodes one day early. You can join them by going to patreon.com slash insert credit and throwing us a couple shekels. Here is the question from Adam. Adam asks, have you ever been sitting in your car at a traffic light or in a parking spot and the car next to you starts moving slowly and you freak out and think you're the one moving? What a yes. weird feeling. How can this feeling be translated into a video game? Oh, it sometimes is. I was just playing Star Wars Battlefront 2. Yeah. And the original I, or the EA one? There are two Star Wars Battlefront 2s? Yes. One was yes. for the original Xbox and one came out oh. a year or two ago. I did not know that, but I guess I played the EA one. And so, yeah, what happened was I was in my X-Wing and I was, it, it's it's sort of the opposite of the example, but I was flying toward a ship that was very far away and there was very little else happening around me. And so as soon as the things, the ships that were next to me went away, I was like, did I stop moving? But in fact, I was still moving. And so it, I, I remember having that exact thought that like, this feels like the opposite of when I'm sitting in my car and another car moves and I feel like I'm moving backward. That's pretty so, good. You had an answer for that. I did. It, it just happened, <laughs> and it happened like two days ago. Wow. Nicely done. Yeah, I didn't even um, tell you about that question in advance or anything. No, I was I was a hundred percent not aware of this question. Well, let's stretch your answer out for another five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, VR is the obvious thing. That's all VR is. Right. Yeah. Making you is feel that. like you're moving when you're not. Yeah. Yeah. Only other stuff I can think of is, like, can something make it feel like your living room shifted? But probably not. I had a, a VR experience. It was, I think it was those power hoof people. Maybe it wasn't. I don't know. Someone was making a VR dealie where you were walking along a, uh, like, a, a virtual staircase that was disappearing. and. It was disappearing behind you, but then sometimes it would disappear in front of you and you would have to jump. And uh, at one point it disappeared underneath me and I fell down and my stomach dropped. And I was like, no, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that was what I did with that. I just took it off my, my head and was like, the end. It definitely made me feel like I was moving. I'm not a fan of, you know, roller coasters and whatnot. I don't really like those. Yeah. Yeah. Don't like roller coasters. Oh, this is an unrelated story, but I'm going to tell you it right now. Okay. We went to Universal Studios, Florida. And I've been there. Yeah. And uh, there was news that it was probably going to rain. So uh, we, we, we brought some, some ponchos with us, and we were going to get on this Jurassic Park ride. And so we put... We put the uh, we we decided to put the ponchos on for the ride because it was like one of those wet ones. We'd sort of forgotten about the rain situation. But since we had these ponchos, we're like, let's put them on. And then uh, as soon as we sat down in the little pretend boat to get spat at by pretend dinosaurs, the rain just torrentially fell like a like a comic joke. It was just like (laughs) and it was such intense rain 
that like you couldn't see any of the water features. You couldn't see 10 feet ahead. I didn't see half the dinosaurs. Like I would hear a roar and be like, I wonder what that was because it was so rainy. And you were basically uh, Wayne Knight in Jurassic Park. That's right. And we were joking, but it was probably real that you would actually be drier if you just swam back than if you sat in this in this boat thing and got rained on because all the people that did not have ponchos they were uh they were just shivering messes by the end of it so uh that that is not exactly related to the story but it kind of feels like it sort of is a little bit i think Excellent we should move timing. on what do you think about that <laughs> sure I was, great I, I, right. my, I was about to pat it out with something really stupid so let's move on <laughs> question seven when can a video game be accused of cowardice Cowardice. Uh, well, if you ask the gamers, uh, anytime they show a woman <laughs> or, a, or, a, or a non-white person, a non-white male, uh, anytime you do that, that's cowardice. Well, no, I mean, you could show a woman, they just have to look like a, a Jim Lee drawing from the 90s. Oh, that's right. Yeah, otherwise, it's, it's, uh, you're a coward. Or yeah. who's that guy? Who's that guy that did all those, uh, Jeff, you should know this, did those Valiant comics, everyone's back was broken, and their uh, waist... Rob Liefeld? Yeah, Liefeld. He didn't do Valiant. Come on, come on. Yeah, but uh, that's who you're talking about. That's you gotta love he, Valiant. He wasn't. He didn't do comics for Valiant. No, no. He come was on. like Image and Wildstorm. Oh, Wildstorm. Yeah, he was one of the Marvel guys that when they weren't getting paid enough, he went and founded Image. I, I put I put those in the same boat. Unfortunately, for, he probably for did them. a Valiant comic. It's he's done everything. That yeah. guy. That guy. Yeah, that, that guy. guy. That that X Blades game or uh, whatever it's called that was made by Russian people has has those kinds of proportions. It was yes, it does. But it was very brave of them. <laughs> um. So the question was, when do games show cowardice? Right. Yeah. When can you call a game cowardly? I can't think of any examples, but what comes to mind for me is when a game doesn't entirely commit to a mechanic that it's doing. Yeah, and I was just thinking of one of these, and I can't, I can't call it to mind right now it was it was i was playing this game that had a cool premise and they just oh right it was blood will tell aka dororo dororo so that game uh which is based on the famous osamu tezuka comic it starts out in black and white because dororo has no eyeballs and he can only sense things and so they communicated mm-hmm. that by doing it in black and white and I thought that was really cool. And I was like, neat. They're going to commit to this thing. And as he gains more powers, like color is going to return, sound is going to change, etc. But what they did instead of committing to that is put up a whole bunch of menus, including one that said, your TV is not broken. We have intentionally made it black and white for this portion of the video game. And oh, I was no. like, come Whoa, on. Really? Yeah, really. Oh, I remember the uh, Japanese one just kind of starts that way maybe a lot of movie theaters did that for uh the last jedi that there was a scene where the sound cuts out and they informed audiences before like when the sound cuts out that's supposed to happen don't worry about it i like the idea of them coming in in that moment like attention everyone watching (laughs) (laughs) uh tim i actually checked against the japanese version because i have both and it does that too it's very disappointing yep oh maybe i just didn't see that I remember not liking that black and white part because uh, it was hard for me to see. I've had problems with my eyes for most of my life. I have this one, uh, a pet peeve. My big pet peeve is I don't like when video games 
uh, intentionally make it like really hard to see as a uh, as like a, a, a facsimile of 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 some sensory deprivation. I, I just I never liked that. And uh, the black and white part of Dororo was especially frustrating because the UI was still in color. Yeah. I wrote, oh no, oh. I don't think it is. Oh, it was. was I it? wrote. I I had a whole paragraph in my review about that. Oh, all right. Uh, that was just about how I hated the fact that the UI was still in color, and uh, it was very obnoxious to me. It was very obnoxious. I did not like that. I and, got another uh, example of a cowardliness. I think because that that's cowardly. The UI being in color. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, that's true. Cowardly might not be the exact right word, but in games, this happens a lot in tactics games for some reason, where they're like, this person is really powerful and you should not fight them. It makes me want to go and fight them. And I'm okay with that fight being really difficult, but there's some games, like for example, Yggdra Union on the GBA and uh, PSP and whatever else, that uh, will just, you'll, you'll, you know, do your very best and you'll try really hard and you'll get that person down to one HP and then it turns out they're invincible and they will just stay at one HP forever. Ooh, yeah, that's a good one. Mm. Crystalis. Crystalis is very cowardly because Crystalis puts a level uh, to in order to even affect bosses at all. You have to be at a certain level. So like when you get to the first boss, if you're not level four or whatever it is, you can just keep hitting it forever and it does zero damage. Uh, and yeah. as soon as you hit level four, you do normal damage against the thing. That's cowardly. So that's, that's basically saying that like, we don't want you to advance from here unless you're at a certain level. And it's not, it's not giving me the player, the agency to challenge myself to fight this thing as a low level person. Yeah. I mean, though, there, there is a good way to do that, which you can see in a game whose name I'm completely blanking on. It's law something, I think, but it's a, it's a tiny little JRPG that has an East-like combat mechanic where you just run into enemies and kill them. And they have a thing where if you're the same level as an enemy, you gain, you lose one damage. If you are uh, higher than them, you take no damage. And if if they're like way higher than you, they instantly kill you. But you you know all of that, and so it's it's like. It is the mechanic instead of being cowardly because it's like the the whole game is designed around that concept. Oh, game that does that very well for the frog the bell tolls. Everything is designed specifically around that. Uh, yeah, right. Wonderful. Question game. eight. If you were a professional baseball player, what piece of video game music would you use as your walk up song? Boss theme from Streets of Rage 2 for sure. Professional baseball player? Yeah, yeah. They get songs when they get up to bat. They get to they get to pick them. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I mean, I, I, oh, part I of being a baseball player. I mean, I know. I'm just saying. Uh, I've never really thought about being a professional baseball player before. Ever? Uh, Interesting. I I mean there the, the there are songs I perhaps thought of songs I would want to play if I were a wrestler or whatever, but I just I baseball player. I can't. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, you only get like a few seconds of it. Yeah, I know. What's a what's a good song about hitting something with a club? <laughs> oh no. Hitting something really precisely with a club, right? Yeah. That just evokes that feeling that I'm about to basically snipe something out of the air 
with a high velocity How about the song wooden stick the song hit me with your best shot hit me with your best shot what's well, gotta be a video game song oh right dang it i mean clearly like uh the answer you like you get a couple of seconds what's a good jingle of a couple seconds in length right that hypes up the the arrival of a of a person i mean clearly you're talking about the mega man boss selection music right yeah you know, mm-hmm. the, the 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 pre-level I mean, clearly that's like the the be-all, end-all. How many god darn... Okay, so first of all, I actually had a good think a while back about that music in Mega Man, you know? I was uh, I was playing it on, on a guitar, or, tr- or trying to, and I was like, I wonder how many video game directors slash... Uh, uh, how many video game directors have have gone to a composer and been like, can you give me a piece of music like this, you know? And you give me a piece of music like this because I want it like like the the boss introductions in Mega Man because I really I really think we need that and it's like how many games place have the same moments of importance that Mega Man games had when they introduced the boss that's like a a very common uh, hyped up moment of importance that you don't see outside of like fighting games is the you just selected the boss and now you see him do a little dance while some graphic design happens and this really really memorable catchy jingle plays that's the same yeah. jingle for all of them in every game like and then i'm like i don't think there's been a, uh, too many video games that use a piece of music that universally well across multiple installments and uh i just really fell into a little black hole of thinking about that piece of music and then i thought my video game truck heck has to have a piece of music like that and it has to have a use case for it. And then I couldn't figure out what that was. And I'm now I'm just living in a hotel. So, <laughs> I mean, literally. Well, I think my answer is Baseball Stars 2. Baseball Stars 2? That's got I a good... I don't know the music. Well, it, it just has a lot of... kind of music in it. Okay. And then it says Baseball Stars 2. And I think that would be confusing for people. <laughs> Baseball Stars 2 is all right. I mean, if your jersey number was number two, I think people would put two and two together. They okay. would. You know what I would want to play as I walk up to the plate? This is what my dad would approve of. Is just the jingle that plays when Mario dies in Super Mario 1. <laughs> oh, that's pretty good. Just I got it. Yeah, just I got I another up, one. And just to get up to the plate. And then just a big loud butthole sounds. And then they're like, oh, here he is, ladies and gentlemen. Let's hope the pitcher has it in his heart to hit the man in the back with the ball so we don't have to see him miss, swing and miss three times. This idiot will swing at anything. So um, there's a game based on The Tick for uh, Super Nintendo and Sega Genesis. Oh, and very I rented good. the Sega Genesis one. Um, not, not a very good game. Pretty bad game. But the beginning of the game, um, it's 20th Century Fox Publishing. And it starts with the 20th Century Fox you know, fanfare yeah. with, the, with the song. Oh. But on the Sega Genesis, it's just like comically wrong. 
like the the notes are just slightly off and it just it sounds like it sounds like a fifth grade band trying to play it uh that's my baseball intro that's pretty good <laughs> <laughs> We've all got our intros. Uh, mine is the first level of Tasmania. And on the, on the going... I mean, on the Game Gear. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Tim, we're at question number nine. Would you like to take this one? Ah! <laughs> I don't have a question. You got to. I just, I don't. I thought I would think of one, and then I ended up not thinking of one. I could, I could make one. Yeah, sure. You want one? Uh, uh, yeah, go ahead. Okay, I'll do it. Here's here's a question based on what's sitting next to me. You know, back in the in the old days, they used to make these uh, tiger LCD video games. Oh of, no, those were they awful. make those again now. I don't know if you saw. They make them again now. Uh, if you're a stupid freak who was born to die, and you think that that's something worth having any sort of a nostalgia about they make well, them it again. was it was a pretty good business model though at the time because yeah. like the the games for like a game boy cost 70 dollars or whatever and then these were like 30 bucks and you got the whole thing well the game um, boy was 89.99 and the games were 19.99 but yeah well, they were 29.99 come on be fair the good ones ah anyway what modern property would you actually do as a as an lcd game today to make money or for fun let's do both okay to make money stranger things done oh yeah that's true <laughs> i think that's the answer to that oh lord man can i just say i hate stranger things yeah it's not very good i don't love it i watched the whole first season i just kept thinking i would enjoy i would get something out of it yeah i was waiting for that part do you remember brandon did this bother you as well when they show the kid's bedroom and there's a poster of the movie The Thing on the wall. Oh, yeah. I feel like I've mentioned this on a podcast before. And it's like, no kid liked the movie The Thing until, like, 2008. Yeah, uh, it's like when they dress as Ghostbusters in the second season. Oh, and hey. it's like oh, the year Ghostbusters came out. Uh, right. I, I, I saw Ghostbusters in the theater, like, twice. Okay. This is a, a dark story of my own past. I definitely did like the film Ghostbusters as a child. I would not dare care about that film right now. I watched it again like 10 years ago. Whatever, it was half decent. It was on TBS or whatever. It's an 80s comedy. That's what it is. Yeah, it's it's very well paced. But yeah, I think I, I think Ghost. I don't know. I think maybe they would have liked Ghostbusters. But uh, Stranger Things LCD, that's just the sort of thing. Frank, I think you got the correct answer is what I'm yeah. saying. Because Thanks. the people who were freaking out about Stranger Things are the sorts of people who I don't want to I don't want to I don't want to smack talk people, but they're they're the same audience who who buy up limited run games. Okay, not the same audience. I don't want to smack talk limited run games again. Just waiting for one of them, or somebody at limited run, to notice and <laughs> and and tweet some mean words at me. To go in the sort, well, actually, also you could do Ready Ready Player One in that. Yeah, same yeah, but no, eh, but that doesn't have the same. I don't know, like oh. Ready Player One. I don't think has the dedicated I know. fan thing. Yeah, I think it's right. got the mainstream uh, casual. Thing. I know how you do Ready Player One. I know how you do Ready Player One. Is you'd buy it, and the art on the on the device would would be would say Ready Player One, right? But then the game that was in pre-installed on it would just be completely random 
It could be Sonic. It could be whatever. No, it's uh, you turn it on and it's like the entire screen is just filled with like RoboCop and Ghostbusters. Yeah, and... it's it's RoboCop fighting He Man. Yeah, you know um, what would be cool is if they made, uh, if is if they like lovingly made a uh, a new device that just had the exact form factor, but then it had like a nice little LCD screen on it that had like some new trashy little that emulated a whole bunch of the classic tiger games yeah there's got to be some something like that out there you know what game's good is that god darn milton bradley football that was good did you all ever play that i I didn't i didn't play that one but that's the one where like everything's a dot right yeah dot football that game is good I did, so I guess I did, I, I lied there because I did play it. I just didn't understand how to play it. Oh, yeah, basically just get your dot around the other dots. Yeah, I'm, I, I couldn't figure out which dot was my, my dot for quite a while. Yeah, yours is blinking slightly differently from the others. That game was good. If we're going design based on franchises, uh, any Endless Runner translates immediately to one of those. Oh, yeah, man, that's Temple true. Run. I think yeah. that if if we're talking about, like, the the idea of that time where it was a mo- a movie or a property that kids would think was cool but might be a little too old for them or something i think maybe you could do a john wick lcd game and and the kids would be like oh my my older brother told me that was cool or whatever kind of thing oh yeah he'd just be running forward and like sometimes an enemy would be right in front of him and sometimes he'd be like up uh, into the right right yeah exactly <laughs> and like those guys you'd have to jump and shoot yeah yeah that's I exactly, think yeah. I would do The Witcher, but like as a Tamagotchi like. So you have to uh, feed Geralt and oh, pay Geralt yeah. for walks and uh, make sure that Geralt is happy. Throw him a and, coin. Yeah, you got to toss a coin to him every so often. Oh my God. Um, this is not a coin. joke. There is a Mortal Kombat uh, Tamagotchi where you have to feed Scorpion and uh, tell him to go to the bathroom and stuff. Man, I wish I had that. That's so stupid. Mortal Kombagachi? Is it called a Mortal Kombagachi? <laughs> Mortal Kombagachi. <laughs> it should be. I, I I'm not gonna I'm not gonna attempt to vocalize it, but I am doing the Mortal Kombat scream with that name in my head. Right, it's pretty good. Did I tell you all about the? The machine that I wish I had. Pur- I think I must have. I think I told you about it. Like even <laughs> you have a lot of purchase regrets today. What, what's six this one? weeks ago. Yeah, I know. It's when I was in Singapore and I saw this LCD system with exchangeable uh, cartridges that had the screen on them. Okay. I still think that's a really cool idea. Yeah, it was uh, way back in the early '80s over here too. I forget what it's called, but yeah, we had that. Yeah, this one was different because the game like yeah i guess i guess it was the whole screen uh the tiger r zone it's like that also did the r zone have the screen in it yeah of course you can't not have the screen because all of the graphics all right the graphics are literally baked in the screen you gotta have the screen yeah for our final Mm. question i'd like to settle a long-standing debate once and for all all right is wario a libertarian (laughs) (laughs) oh he loves gold he loves true I don't know if I know enough about Wario. But how much do you know about libertarianism? I know know a lot about that, uh, unfortunately. How how much? Look, Um, we're about to find out who's a libertarian over here. (laughs) Somebody asked me if I was a libertarian like a year ago. Can you believe that? Are you nuts? What's wrong with these people? I mean, I guess there's an older version of libertarian that is like... They believe in liberty. 
I believe in liberty and I think social social constructs are good, but I don't want anyone to tell me who can do drugs or whatever. But uh, I think a modern libertarian is the equivalent of like Bitcoin. I got mine <laughs> kind of. But uh, you can't say anything mean to me. Basically, oh, if you're a libertarian today, you wear a hat and you own some Bitcoin, right? Is that how it is? Sure. Yeah, is that how it works? It. You wear yeah. a hat, you own a Bitcoin. I don't think Wario went for the Bitcoin. I don't think he takes risks. I don't think he would go for any kind of cryptocurrency. I yeah, think, I think he he wants... he's just like a, a capitalist. He doesn't want crypto. He wants gripto. He wants right. to grip the currency. He wants so to he hold doesn't... it tangibly in his hands. Yeah, he, and he doesn't, I don't think he invests. I no. think he just takes and then he has it. Um, so even that is like, I don't know if that's capitalist because he's just taking money that's sitting there. I guess he's, he's not more taking of a, it from is, people. Is he more of a criminal? He's a criminatarian. Well, I mean, does he steal money? I feel like I feel like when he gets money, it's just kind of there to be taken. Huh. So is he like a capitalist anarchist? <laughs> I think he's a laborer. I think he goes and works and earns his money. Huh. Oh, he earns his money in the only way video games traditionally allow right. a person... Oh, picking uh, up off the ground. A person yeah. in his, uh, born into his status, born into the role of a video game character, the only way he can earn money. So yeah, he's just a worker, he's just a capitalist. He's just a, he's just a god darn, just, he's just living in the machine, literally and figuratively. The poor god darn guy. He's just trying to get money. Yeah. I've heard Wario described as a kleptocrat. Kleptocrat? That's yeah, a good word. I think most video game characters are kleptocrats, if you get right down to it. I've often used the word kleptomania to describe video game design mechanics that I see as uh, particularly rarefied uh, collectathon-style video games. And uh, it, it bleeds out side of uh, elements such as collectibles uh though i believe my definition of of kleptomania uh, in terms of video game design is 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 much uh more nuanced than it would uh, you know just describing wario collecting money and being a kleptocrat i don't think he's taken for away from the economy right i think he's 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 just working and and, and earning uh i think he's he's scrooge mcduck like in that he probably doesn't spend any of it no, um, he's a hoarder. Yeah, he is a he's a hoarder. Yes, I think he's a hoarder. He well, collects money and at and the end of it. Wario Land, he buys a house, and depending on how much treasure you've accrued, it can be anywhere from a birdhouse to the moon. So he buys something for himself. Okay, he invests in, in himself in property. Uh, he, I, yeah. It just sounds to me like he's a middle class American dreamer. I agree. That's what it sounds like to me. I mean, he, he does start up a video game company intending to make as many low-effort, small, low-budget video games as possible to uh, make money off of stupid consumers at one point in his career. Oh, that, that, that actually is true. Yeah. Is that libertarianism? <laughs> it's something. I don't know. I don't know what libertarianism is. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know what Wario is all about, so this is my problem. Brandon, Wario is the Nintendo character for people who prefer Bonk to Mario. Uh-oh. You should play the Wario game for the Wii, hmm. dude. Maybe I will. Actually, by, yeah. By, I, think, I think you should play the that. The one by yeah, Gunbarion? Uh, is it by Gunbarion? I think it's by Gunbarion. It's like Wario's... Uh, I think you would like that one. 
I'll give it a try. Uh, I'll I'll send you a link to the exact one because there are multiple games. The, also, there's the Treasures Wario Land for GameCube. Have you played that? Wario no. World, it's called. You should play that as well. Track those down next time you're driving your car around and crashing through the front windows of various vintage video game shops or whatever it is you do on the. <laughs> That's track, an idea. Track those ones down, man. Uh, they're pretty. Like I like those too. It's a the, the Wii one is wild. It's a 2D side scrolling. Got this nice hand drawn art. Art's really good. It's in that just one. all about him getting money. It's just all about Wario getting paid. Did you all see this? Uh, I, I I somehow missed this for the entirety of my life, but that Sega game, Fatal Labyrinth. Oh, I, I, I yeah, I actually rented that. Yeah, yeah. So Fatal Labyrinth is legit. Apparently, the money that you earn in that game, the only function it has is it gives you a nicer funeral at the end, depending on how much you have. <laughs> oh, I love that's, it. Uh, that's amazing. That rules extremely much. Oh, that is, wow, that says, that says it all, doesn't it? Yeah. It's bury me with that my... libertarianism? <laughs> <laughs> that is libertarianism. Yeah. Fatal Labyrinth is libertarianism. It's time for our lightning round. Let's kill. Our lightning round is another three-minuter, because I like how it went last time. Okay. Here's the situation, folks. The writer's room for the next Duke Nukem game is desperate oh, for new one-liners for Duke. Whoever yeah. comes up with the best one in three minutes wins. Oh, no. Oh, man, that's hard. Mm. Okay. Well, I just played a bunch of Duke Nukem 3D yesterday, so perhaps uh, I'm, I, my mind has been clouded by the actual Duke Nukem one-liners. Yeah, it's really hard not to think of the actual things he says. Is, are there any lines from uh, Evil Dead that they didn't use? <laughs> that they Shop just... S-Mart is not in there. Yeah. You just uh, got duped, baby. I don't know what that one means. One to beat right now. I'm gonna drop a duke on drop you, duke, baby. Drop a duke, yeah. Drop a duke! Kaboom! I'm gonna drop a duke. Okay, I'm gonna drop a duke. My favorite one is my favorite Duke one-liner of all time is, I'm looking for some alien toilet to park my bricks. Who's first? Park my bricks? Yeah, I know, dude. I'm looking wow. for some alien toilet to park my bricks. Who's first? What does that mean? I love it. I've been talking about parking my bricks. Uh, I don't really know what it means. I think it means take a dump, right? Yeah. Park my bricks? Obviously. Yeah. Oh, man. Park my bricks. Park my bricks. Yeah, I, I, this is uh, incredibly difficult because uh, I feel like these quotes either came to them in a flash or they thought really hard about them for a long time or they stole them from Evil Dead. Right. Yeah. Or Army of Darkness, rather. Army of Darkness, Evil of Dead. The, uh, well, Evil Army of Darkness steals a lot of stuff from Evil Dead. Uh, even though <laughs> sure. It's, can, you can, you can in, in so much as one can steal from themselves, uh, it, it steals from... Yeah, it's, it's wild. Sam Raimi. Did you know Sam Raimi's directing the Doctor Strange 2 at Marvel? Yeah. That's a great oh, that's idea. Great. Dude that's loves a great money. idea. Yeah, good job. Is good he job. a libertarian? <laughs> All right, I have my final answer. Okay. okay. Bush did 9-11. <laughs> that is a pretty good Duke quote. <clears throat> uh, yeah, oh, I mean, Duke, Duke could be like... I guess he wouldn't talk about semen directly or something, but he would say something along the lines of, uh, 
my seed melts steel beams or something like that. Oh my god, lord. Um, yeah, so yeah, Duke <laughs> wouldn't talk about semen directly. I think you've hit on an answer to a previous question on this show, which is, when is a game cowardly? I think right. Duke from 3D is quite cowardly, because he comes close to saying sexual or disgusting stuff, and then never does. Yeah. And it's all just so cagey, and uh, it's like, it would almost be better if they just got straight up pornographic with it, instead of being extremely creepy. Yeah, he, Duke could just be like, this gun represents my penis. Yeah. <laughs> just talking about his balls. I've got balls of steel, he says. He did say that. He was talking about jet fuel can't melt my balls of steel. There you go. There it is. Th- that's the one. Tim is jet, the winner once jet again. Fuel Congratulations. Can't, jet fuel can't mark. Wait, hold on. Let me try it. Hold on. Jet fuel can't melt my balls of steel. There, there we go. go. We got it clean, folks. All right. We got that's, your text yeah. message notification. Uh, now's the point oh, of the show yeah. where we make our recommendations and plugs if we got any. Oh, Do you yeah. have any of either of those things? just want to let everyone know I'm still looking for a recommendation of a sofa. I can't sit on a sofa. Uh, there's no stores that I can walk into and sit on a sofa. And I need to purchase a sofa by uh, August 15th. It turns out, because... Uh, uh, I mean, I could tell you my sofa, but I don't know if it's for you. It's for me. Yeah, well, right now I'm just uh, looking for a sofa that's for somebody. <laughs> you know what I mean. Uh, anybody else have anything? Uh, yeah, actually, um, I uh, recently, on a whim, uh, watched the 90s cartoon Daria all the way through. and that, Oh, Daria. That holds up. It's pretty good. It's uh, I'd only ever seen a couple episodes when it aired. Uh, but it's a it's a nice little uh, high school drama uh, that one might relate to for real. Yeah, and it's Neat. incredible that it's based on a Beavis and Butthead character. Yeah, it's a Beavis and Butthead spinoff. And as I was watching this, I looked it up on Wikipedia, and there is a Daria spinoff uh, currently in production. That's absolutely wild. They are expanding that universe. The Beavis verse continues. Daria Morgendorfer, I believe her name That's right. is. right. That is correct. A really good last name. Uh, very inspirational to me when I first heard that last name. I was like, well, that's real good. It's a good fake last name. Maybe I got some not... recommendations. What sure. do you got? So the game whose name I was trying to think of earlier, the East-like game with the uh, leveling thing, is called Faerun, and it's quite nice. Oh, Faerun! Yeah. I have that game. That doesn't have, on yeah, doesn't have law Switch. in the name at all. No, it didn't. I was wrong about that. Um, that game rules. And then another thing is if you like the metal music, you could listen to uh, Niflheim's Servants of Darkness album from 2000. That one's real good. And uh, I've, I've been really enjoying that lately. If you like the uh, the kind of... Niflheim. Is that, a, is that, is that a Witcher reference? Uh, it is not, probably. I mean, I guess it... It could be. I don't think it is, though. They're from Sweden. They formed in uh, 1990. Gotta love 1990. Sweden. I don't know if those Witcher books were out at that time. Yeah, they were out in 90, 97, 94, 90, something like that. Well, I got some recommendations. Uh, if you enjoyed this podcast, I recommend that you give us a rating and review it on your favorite podcast distributing platform, be that uh, iTunes or Stitcher or Spotify, however you happen to get podcasts, uh, that helps us out. It raises our visibility, it grows our audience, and it really helps us get the word out about all the things we are correct about 
Uh, if you like, you could also support us directly by going to patreon.com slash insert credit. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get the bonuses of getting episodes a day early. One day questions. early? Yeah, one whole day, 24 hours. Uh, be <laughs> ahead of all your friends and spoil all the questions. Spoil the show. Get online. Spoil yeah. it. Drop those spoilers. We won't stop you. Spoil my, you my Duke Nukem line as, as quickly as you can. Clip it out. Tweet it. <laughs> um, that goes to pay our editor, Blaine Brown, who does a fantastic job making this uh, halfway listenable. We're still raising money to get me a real microphone. That's going to happen eventually. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. The show is at Insert Credit. I'm at Alex Jaffe. Frank is at Frank Zafaldi. Brandon is at Necrosofty. Tim is at 108. And if you're wondering how to spell 108, it's like, I don't want to wait for our lives to be over. Oh, very uh, good. Very go. good. Very you good. Al- yeah. You can also visit us on forums.insertcredit.com to discuss the show with other listeners and with Brandon while I lurk quietly and watch you have fun. Uh, this week, we've been coming up with fake names for Castlevania games. So I suggest you check that out. And I guess that's all there is to say. I'm Alex Jaffe. I'm Frank Savaldi. I'm Tim Rogers. And he was Brandon Sheffield before he disappeared. Oh, uh, B-Chef is dead. And your game has now been saved. Game over, yeah! Oh, that Wario game is developed by Goodfeel. Sorry, not, I was... I was by Gone Body On. Can I, can I just put a, <laughs> I'm Brandon Sheffield, and then that can be that. There it is. There it is. You did it, <clears throat> just now. Yuji Naka works for Square Enix now. He's developing an original action IP. As of 2018. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. So maybe maybe something will come out of that. What a weirdness. I hope Man. it's uh, I hope it's Sega's own or Square Enix's own Sonic. Squanic. <laughs> yeah. Squanic. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs>